Welcome back to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 80. I'm your host, Jim Hawk. And in this session, we're going to continue our study of Romans chapter 1, and we'll see how far we get into uh, chapter 2 and, and beyond. So, unless you're driving, turn to Romans chapter 1, and we left off last time after verse 27. So we'll pick up on verse 28. So here's an interesting uh, phraseology here in verse 28. Uh, again, it's talking about the specific sin of uh, homosexuality. And I want to uh, emphasize that there are three paragraphs in the Catechism that if you look at the notes, the physical notes from the last session, uh, you can refer to that uh, speak very specifically about homosexuality and the Catholic's view of it. To be clear, while the Catholic Church says that the act of, of performing you know, homosexuality is uh, objectively wrong, sinful, etc., uh, the idea of same-sex attraction in and of itself is not sinful, and that we are to be, uh, you know, uh, we're to respect folks who have that particular, um, you know, um, situation and uh, welcome them into our midst. So I get asked this question a lot of times. Okay, how is it that on the one hand, we could say, hey, that's an awful sin. And on the other hand, we're supposed to be, you know, welcoming. I and mean, isn't it one way or the other? Well, as with many things in the Catholic Church, it's not an either or, it's a both than. So we're welcoming to people in church and out of church who, who may have uh, that particular uh, attraction. Um, but uh, when I get asked this question in in church, how do we how are we welcome? How do we welcome someone and yet at the same time, um, you know, keep our stance that it is sinful? Well, um, a way that I have uh, dealt with that in uh, uh, you know in in the past and now is to reflect on that person's life. A person's life is so much more than uh, which sex they are attracted to. So, you know, when we engage people, you know, there are people, they're not just sexual uh, entities. There's much more to a life. So when you get to know someone, hey, so, you know, tell me about your family. Tell me about uh, your career. Tell me about your hopes, dreams, desires. Tell me about your, I don't know, favorite uh, baseball team. Tell me about your favorite story or favorite uncle or, you know, something like that. What was your favorite trip that you've been on? What have you learned in your life? Uh, what, what gives your life meaning? Uh, you know, there's so many things to talk about other than what did you do uh, sexually last Friday night? So I think that we can be clear on our teaching. I believe that I just have been uh, and, uh, and unequivocal in our teaching, but yet at the same time develop friendships 
with those who, uh, you know, true friendships, true loving friendships. There's nothing, you know, you see a lot in the media now about don't judge me based on who I love. Okay. Well, we're not. Okay. We are to love one another, but that doesn't mean we have to have sex with, with everyone that, uh, you know, that we know or or love. So I think I've said enough about that at the, at this uh, juncture based on the last session and this session. So now we'll go back to uh, verse 28 of chapter 1 of Romans, and here's an interesting ph phraseology. Again, he's uh, continuing to talk about uh, uh, you know, the act of homosexuality in verse 27. And then in 28, he's, uh, Paul says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God handed them over to their undiscerning mind to do what is proper. So I want you to underline God handed them over. So what does that mean? God gave up on them? No. Okay. I think what it means is that, uh, well, um, is that people sometimes, if they are enmeshed in a sin long enough, you know, maybe when they first start out in a sin, they recognize it as a sin. And then we begin to rationalize. And this is true not just of homosexuality, but all sins. And as we continue to do them and kind of try to shut out God and his purpose for our lives, uh, eventually, we don't even think it's sinful anymore. Sadly, that particular sin is now glorified. It is praised. It is um, celebrated even. Uh, particular, well, I, I come from Chicago. They have, you know, they, they boast about how large the, the uh, gay pride uh, parade, etc., is uh, for, for the year. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm a heterosexual. I, I don't boast about, you know, what I'm doing in that regard. But uh, at any rate, um, so this ver these verses on homosexuality, uh, they applied 2,000 years ago. They apply today. So God handed them over. In other words, basically, God just said, look, I didn't move. You moved away from me, but I'm giving you a free will here. So if that's what you want to do, I'm, I'm not going to stop you, you know, on, on this earth. I've given you a free will. And I realize that some people struggle in this area, and we all struggle in other areas of sin. Just know this, there is no sin that you can commit that God can't or won't forgive you if you make a sincere effort to amend your life and and walk with God. Okay, so enough said. And lest you think we're beating up on this particular sin so much, let's read on. God handed them over, so we know what that means. He allows you to choose your own path, okay? Though it's not his choice. God handed them over to their undiscerning mind to do what is improper. They are filled with every form of wickedness. So now we're going to have a list and you may find something on this list that would appeal, or I shouldn't say appeal to you, but uh, that uh, you find yourself struggling with. Um, here are, here's the list. Uh, the things that are improper, verse 29, they're filled with every form of wickedness, evil, greed. So are we greedy? 
okay? Malice, uh, full of envy. Do we envy our neighbor? Come on, this is America. Of course we do at times. Murder. Well, hopefully you don't haven't murdered anybody, but you may murder someone in your family's spirit by always speaking uh, poorly of them and giving them a bad self-image, etc. Rivalry. Okay, to the extent that it's uh, un unhealthy rivalry. Uh, treachery. Spite. You ever do things for spite? What about, it says they are gossips. Uh, we never gossip about anybody, do we? Except for that lady over there. You know, let's talk about her, but we never gossip about anybody else, right? So, and scandal mongers, and they hate God. So, um, you know, in, in the sense that, uh, uh, you know, we get so far away from God, we, we, we think we can just call on him when we need something. We fail to realize that to have a relationship with God, it's a two-way street. You know, you, um, you want the blessings of God, but along with that comes the, uh, you know, our part of holding up that relationship with him. Okay, have you had enough of those? No, let's let's look at uh, some other improper things. Insolence, haughtiness. Do we think we're better than others? Of course we do, at times. Boastful, ingenious in their wickedness. You know, somebody who's a plotter, not a P-L-O-D-D-E-R, but P-L-O-T-T-E-R, you know. Um, rebellious towards their parents. Uh, of course, no one is ever rebellious towards their parents, right? Um, they are senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know the just decree of God, and I'm not sure that that's always true now. Some people don't even know right from wrong. Um, uh, the, although they know the just decree of God, all who practice such things deserve death. Okay, now that's a pretty long list. So we're not just picking on the homosexuals, which were... Uh, you know, Paul addresses clearly in uh, passages from, uh, uh, you know, 24 through 27, but we see things that we're all guilty of as well. So we all fall short of, of the glory of God and need his mercy and forgiveness. Hopefully we will ask for it. Okay. Um, it says, such things deserve death. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. I, again, I use that uh, you know gay pride example in uh, Chicago and other cities as well, where you know uh, sinful behavior is is in fact celebrated. And we don't have to go that far. St. Patrick's Day, which was once a religious holiday in Ireland. Um, the home of my ancestors. Uh, you used to get the day off of work in Ireland, I'm told, but the idea of getting the day off from work was to go to Mass and to be thankful that uh, St. Patrick came to Ireland from England, incidentally, and uh, Christianized uh, the, the pagans that were there. So somehow that turned into a drunken holiday, and I might add, uh, primarily, it started in America, and then it worked its way back across the pond to Ireland, where, you know, they've fallen in with that now as well. But that's neither here nor there. So, um, anyway, um, so, on to chapter 2, 
where they talk about God's just judgment. So we're on chapter 2. Therefore, you are without excuse, every one of you who passes judgment. So uh, let's clarify. Um, we are. We need to, we must pass judgment on a given behavior to say whether it's good or bad. You pass judgment on things every day, even from a non-religious standpoint, you know. Should I drive the speed limit or should I not, you know? Should I stop at a stop sign or not? Um, you know, so we, we must pass judgment on behavior, but um, we do not pass judgment on a person's eternal state. And we also don't know what's going on in a person's life that might cause them to get a little sidetracked from time to time. So that's what we're talking about here. He goes on and says in verse 1 of chapter 2, For by the standard by which you judge another, you condemn yourself, since you, the judge, do the very same things. And uh, so you, you may do the very same thing, or you may do a different sin, but we know that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. And um, so, you know, uh, maybe, you know, the old saying about uh, when, you, when you point the finger at somebody, you know, you've got uh, other, uh, you know, other fingers pointing back at you. So uh, we, we need to, um, to watch that. But I hasten to add, you know, there are things that are objectively wrong, and we just read a, a list of those things. Uh, and that's not an all-inclusive list, by the way, but a pretty good place to start, right? So we, are, we can judge an action, but we should not judge, A, a person's eternal state. You know, oh, that person's going to go to hell because they do this thing or that thing. You don't know what the rest of that person's life is going to, uh, uh, to be. And I've told some stories in the past in, in other sessions about people that I was absolutely sure uh, at, the, at a given point in my life were, were going on the road to perdition. And then I met them later on, and, and they totally changed. Uh, there's a Father Callahan on EWTN who was formerly involved in the drug trade, both in the use of drugs, in the uh, trafficking of drugs, and he is now a, uh, you know, a, a very strong Catholic priest who has a great message for us. So that's why we don't, uh, we can't judge. Ultimately, that's God's job. We do judge the, the behavior. Um, he goes on in verse three and says, do you suppose then that you who judge those things engage in such things and yet do them yourself, that you will escape the judgment of God? Well, okay, here's a thought here. We all will be judged by God, all right? So we need to, you know, do a little check, don't we? We need to do our, an examination of conscience. I would suggest that we do one every day where we measure ourselves by these uh, these standards. Am I gossiping? Am I talking about scandal? Am I envious? Uh, you know, etc. Okay. So you will be judged by God. Or, verse 4, do you hold this priceless kindness, forbearance, and patience in low esteem, unaware that the kindness of God would lead you to repentance? Okay. Now, it is said by some Protestant groups, not all, that Paul only talks about grace. Paul has no use 
for works, you know, human works in the idea of salvation, to which I would say, oh, really? Let's take a look at chapter 2, uh, beginning with uh, verse 6. He's talking about God, who will repay everyone according to his, his what? Well, my Bible says works. So I want you to underline chapter 2, verse 6, who will repay everyone according to his works. Um, so I, that's pretty clear. I don't know if it could be any clearer than that. Okay, so works is an important part of salvation. And you'll recall from our study of Matthew's gospel and other places where Jesus talks frequently about the need to bear fruit and what happens to those who don't bear fruit. Well, you saw, you know, uh, references, clear references, I think, to, uh, to the other eternal state of, of hell. So, uh, I want you to underline uh, or circle the word works in chapters, uh, chapter 2, verse 6. Maybe underline that whole thing. Uh, continuing on in verse 7, eternal life to those who seek glory, honor, and immortality through what? Perseverance in good works, in case we didn't get it the first time. So I want you to underline perseverance in good works. Okay, got it? And then what happens if you don't persevere in good works? Verse 8, but wrath and fury to those who selfishly disobey the truth and obey wickedness. You know, so in other words, an, un <clears throat> an unrepentant uh, sinful lifestyle where you say, God, not even going to try. I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. Don't care what you think about it. I'm not even going to make the effort to change because I like the sin. And since I like the sin and I think you really want me to feel good all the time, then my sin is even good. You know, I mean, we're, uh, you know, we get to the point where we call good bad and bad good. Okay. So, uh, in case we didn't get it uh, the first two times in verse 6 and verse 7, we got verse 8. Wrath and fury to those who selfishly disobey the truth and obey wickedness. Verse 9. Yes, affliction and distress will come upon every human being who does evil. So doing evil, that's, you know, what, what are your works or bad, good works or bad works does evil, every human being who does evil. So I want you to underline verse 9 as well. Um, but there will be glory, honor, and peace for everyone who, if you didn't get it the first three times, you got it a fourth time. Paul is a little repetitious if you haven't figured out uh, by now. Uh, will be glory, honor, and peace for everyone who does good. So underline verse 10 as well and circle does good. Jew first and then Greek. There's no partiality with God. Why does he say this? Well, because his new churches, though they are uh, primarily made up of, uh, you know, Christian, uh, or I should say Jewish converts, there are also Christians as well. And uh, so this might be a good place for us to uh, end our lesson today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, we thank you that Paul is so clear in what we've looked at in chapter 1 and chapter 2 regarding our need to let our lives and our behavior uh, 
mirror our faith in you. And so um, help us to examine our own conscience as we look at these shortcomings that are listed here in chapter one. Um, and uh, through our examination of conscience and going to you in prayer, uh, give us the graces to, uh, to work on these and uh, try to uh, uh, improve our relationship with you. We ask this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so we'll pick up next time further on in chapter 2, verse 12. Till then, uh, thank you for listening to Catholic Doctrine Bible Study.